0: Welcome to Ours is the Fury podcast, episode 2. We have a jam-packed episode for you today. In this pod, we will review the first-ever NASL game of the Ottawa Fury against the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, as well as interview Chris Hoffley, who works for Ottawa Sun Media and went down to the game in Florida. We are going to discuss NASL Live, the streaming service that's been provided by the league. Uh, We will discuss shortly the League 1 in Ontario as well as preview the match against the Rail Hawks, where we'll also interview another guest, Wes Berdine. But before we get to the Minnesota preview, we definitely should discuss the first game of the Ottawa Fury. And uh, to kick us off, I spoke to Chris Hoffley while he was in transit at the Toronto Pearson International Airport coming back from the Florida game. So enjoy. It's my pleasure to welcome Chris Hoffley from the Ottawa Sun on the Hours is the Fury podcast. He's joining us live, or almost live, from the uh, Pearson International Airport in Toronto. How's it going? Oh, good. Good to be here with you guys. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, how was the first ever Ottawa Fury game in the NASL? You know, it was it was obviously not uh, the result uh,
1: the team was hoping for, but uh, I think you know the team. They, theory played really really well. They came out really hard from the beginning. They didn't really kind of kind of let up that intensity. They you know they ended up letting in kind of kind of a f- just bizarre goal early in the thirteenth minute, I think it was, and then you know a, a second one late. But uh, I think because the coach Mark DeSantos Santos put it right after the game, he really didn't think that uh, that the score line reflected. And how it played. So you know, it, it obviously again wasn't uh, wasn't a win, but uh, you know, a lot of positives to take out of that first first match.
0: For sure. So, how was the uh, media zone at the stadium?
1: Uh, it was a little interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's an old stadium, and I think it probably could use a little bit of work. But um, the, you have got a great view of the whole pitch and the, a good perspective from up high there. We had a few uh, little technical difficulties in terms of the Wi-Fi, and then trying to keep my my own live blog running. So just because the internet connection kind of went in and out a little bit, but we we, we made do, and and uh, it was overall a, a fun experience, and it was so great to be part of that uh, historical first game for the Fury.
0: And did they serve any food?
1: <laughs> they did. They had uh, a little press box. They had you know what you typically see some some munchies, some pop, that kind of thing, and. Kind of meandered down to the to the concourse a couple times to see what kind of snacks we had there, see what else I could get my hands on. So found a found an Italian sausage sausage of some kind that was pretty good, and and yeah, it seemed like they had a, a lot to offer.
0: Sounds good. So it sounds like it was a pretty tough assignment for you to go down to Florida. And
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, after a couple of years of doing this, when I was
2: <laughs> doing other
1: kind of journalism, when I was offered the chance to trek down to Florida, follow these guys down. It uh, didn't require a whole lot of arm twisting. We'll put it that way, it was uh, it was an easy yes for me.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. So, how was the atmosphere in the in the stadium? Like from the uh, NESL live stream, we were kind of annoyed with that marching band that was going on all the time.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit hard to hear. Like it seemed like. The marching band just kind of seemed like uh, like background noise to me too, so I don't know how that must have sounded on on the live stream. I know there were a couple issues uh, with their with their hookup with that live stream. I don't know what that ended up looking like, but that's uh you know, something I like- that I assume is going to be worked on, and I think I think once we get to, to the first home game next Saturday, uh, I would anticipate that what what they do to, to broadcast our live stream from from Carlton and then from TV Place later this summer is going to be uh, is going to be a lot better and, and should be good for people to
0: watch. Yeah, we certainly hope so because we didn't have any announcers until like the 70th minute or so, so we didn't really know what was going on a lot of the time because think, the numbers were quite think, hard to read on the yeah. um, on the jerseys. And also, the official hey, Ottawa Fury Twitter account didn't really update us <laughs> during the game either. So, um, well, and-
1: you know, I think I think it's a matter of you know, it's a it's the first match, and there, you know, it, it's an it was an away game, so we, you know, myself and and uh, the Fury staff, and and guys like Graham who were who were doing the color commentary uh, with with AJ Jackie back there. I know they were. Dealing with some, some connection issues and just trying to to do what what the best they could with what they had for, for the time being. And you know, as I said, first game obviously there were there were some kinks, but I think uh, those will get ironed out once we're once we're back in Ottawa, and then hope it just kind of keeps improving
0: from there. All right. So just a few questions back uh, about the game. Like, who would you say yeah. stood out of the Ottawa Fury, and like who who was maybe a bit of a letdown?
2: Well, I think uh, you
1: know Mason Trafford, as uh, a uh, defender, was named uh, the man of the match for the Fury, and he had a you know he had a really solid game. He's going to be an important piece there next uh, to Omar Jarron uh, in the center back holes, and and he looked strong. You know there wasn't a lot to, a, a lot getting by him, and and he had a strong game. I was also uh, pretty impressed with a guy like Vinny Dantas, who who came into camp late um, because of you know trying to get over from from his home and from his home and, and coming from the States and getting all those visa issues sorted out. So he was he was a few weeks behind in terms of the training and, and getting into shape. But he came into that game, he was kind of forced into that, that middle striker role because Tom Heinen ended with up with an ankle injury. So I was a bit surprised to see him in that first game. But yeah, he really held his own. He had a good he had a good chance in the first half. And, and they stepped him out in the second because, you know, as I said, he probably wasn't totally up to... Uh, up to full game shape like some of the other guys are who were in full camp, but he he I thought had a had a strong showing for for a first game.
0: And uh, on the striker side, were there any players that you thought uh, impressed?
1: Yeah, it's a funny thing about that team. You know, like I mean, they have a goalie, and uh, I guess Nikolov this is his name, who's like thirty nine years old, played in the Bundesliga, and, and got him. Uh, he I think he had nineteen years over there, and, and they picked him off picked him up in the offseason one of their big acquisitions and he made a couple uh, couple decent saves early on, but um, they honestly they just did like Ottawa gave them just couldn't finish. Like Ottawa gave them six getting into the zone, and they just kind of couldn't connect with that with that last finish. But but I that the Strikers uh, were playing kind of a kind of a passive game almost for parts of it and didn't come out uh, quite like I thought they would. But I think Ottawa's issue was just obviously not being able to put the put the ball in the net. But I think the rest of their game was was firing pretty well, and they just you know a couple things to a couple things to work on to get some some goals on the board. But overall, they 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 played a better game than the Strikers.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly familiar with Nikolov because I'm a big uh, German uh, football right, fan. Right. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've, He was just Eintracht Frankfurt's goalie like year in, year out for like a very long time. And then I think they have another German that they signed, um, Ebbas, who is like a St. Pauli legend, and I think he made his debut. But from what... I was able to see from the stream he was pretty invisible. Like,
1: yeah, I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I didn't notice him a, a whole lot either. I, there really wasn't uh, wasn't a guy that, that really kind of that, that blew my mind at any point for, for the striker side. There's, I didn't see anything that really made me sit there and go, "Wow, yeah, these guys are these guys are these guys are tough to play against." I think uh, we were kind of our Ottawa was kind of their own worst enemy. Um, and, and you know, it wasn't the matter of the strikers putting that much pressure on them. It was just, as I said, a couple goals that they you know they would love to have back, and, and that was it. They just couldn't get going the other way to get points on the board. But but you know, that's the way it was for a first game. And
0: yeah, you know, what happened at that? Work on. What happened at that very first goal? Like that happened after the free kick, where sort of everyone was asleep at the back. It was so yeah, frustrating it, to watch.
1: It just it just seemed like there was a mess of a mess of bodies in the box and. You know, I, I just honestly think no one thought in the ball. I, I think, uh, and I honestly can't remember who who kicked that free kick from the from the left side of the penalty box. But it seemed like he didn't get nearly what he wanted on that penalty or that on that free kick, and it just kind of skidded. And it seemed to fool everyone. It just seemed to somehow have eyes and get around everyone, and landed right at the foot of the, the striker's score. And he was just able to, to pound it home, you know, fairly easily. It was, you know, it was a tough break early on.
0: Yeah, and then I think the second goal was just sort of they were caught on the break, and I, I actually don't know who made the mistake from uh, from our end, but uh, they, it was yeah, just you know, a classic It was one of those. It, was a
1: long, it, was, it was a long you know, they got it up fast, and then they came in, it, it, you know, almost like a two-on-one, and, and the guy who had it got a good shot and and Devala for Ottawa it made a really good save on the on that first shot, he just, she, just missed being able to hang on to the ball and it got away from him and, and again it you know it ended up in the back of the net but it's a it's another one of those that you know a little bit more maybe focus or, or whatever and you hang on to that ball and that and that goal doesn't happen. But uh Gorick, you know, he, he had a good game. There really wasn't a, a lot he could there was nothing he could do on the first one and the second one, you know.
0: Yeah Yeah, so overall, I guess despite the loss, we can be pretty uh, optimistic about the Ottawa Fury. Do you think they'll be able to compete in the NASL? And like, where do you imagine they'll end up in the spring season? think that we'll see Heinemann back uh, on the field for the Minnesota game or will that be too early for
1: him? Down there on Friday for for training uh, the day before the match, uh, He was doing kind of some light, light light training with the with the training staff doing some stretches and that. Not participating with the group, but he he looked pretty good and he didn't look to be in any you know massive amount of discomfort. Obviously, I'm not privy to the to the whole the, all the details of the injury, but um, I think the way he looked to me. Uh, He's going to get back. You know, he was so disappointed that he couldn't play in that game, and I think he's going to do, do what he can to get back. But at the same time, uh, it wasn't worth for the first game rushing him back and, and you know running the risk of having him aggravate that ankle injury and, and maybe missing a few more games. So I think you know they're saying day to day right now. So I think it's looking good that he could be back uh, against Minnesota week
0: so, are you uh, planning on going to any other uh, to any of the other away matches uh, this season?
1: Well, well, I think that's a question you would have to direct to my to my bosses with the fun, But I I'd certainly like to. I know I won't be going to, to all of the away games; it's not uh, not realistic. But there's a couple that you know maybe have my eye on and see what we can work out. I certainly would love to follow this team around as much as I can. And uh, whether or not I'm on the road with them all the time, I'll be I'll be following them closely when they're in town for training and matches, and I'll be following them uh, as, you know as closely as possible from away when there on the road and I can't be there so the coverage will be
2: will be
0: consistent well, we would certainly love it if you uh, went to uh, more away games and uh, maybe we can mobilize some people on social media and put some pressure on your bosses. <laughs> no, they're kidding. No, us, no, no. Right?
1: So let, let them know that you want to see more of this. I you know, uh, you know it's, a, it's a new team, so we're, we're, we're trying to build this brand up uh, as the Fury is doing internally. They're trying to get their, their name out there and we're trying to do the same because you know the, the sun, you know, big focus of the, of the paper is, is sports and to have uh, the Fury... Fury starting this year to have the Red Blacks starting this summer. Uh, it's, it's a good time for sports in Ottawa. We're, we're really excited about it.
0: For sure. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or anything you'd like to add and also let people know where they can find your work and if you have a Twitter account and that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, obviously for me it's been a, it's been a real privilege to, to be able to start to Start with this team, basically from the beginning, from the beginning of, of their first ever training camp, and then and, and watching them get to, to this point of, of playing their their first competitive match, and that's been uh, it's been a big thrill for me. Um, and I think it's going to be exciting for people in Ottawa to be able to see this team grow, uh, kind of build this, this soccer excitement in the city with a pro team finally, and and that'll be that'll be really good. And it's, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of good soccer ahead from these guys, and, and people should look forward to that. And uh, in terms of finding me, I think mean, we always uh, I'll have regular coverage of training, uh, not training camp anymore. I love training uh, at Carleton University uh, most days in, in the sun, either in the paper or at ottawasun.com. And I'm on Twitter, and my handle is at Chris Hossley.
0: Well, it was a real pleasure to have you, and we hope we can welcome you back uh, soon uh, for another game. I um, yeah, yeah. wish you all the best in, uh, in your first year covering the Fury.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and uh, good luck with the
0: podcast going forward. Well, that was really great to have Chris on. I certainly hope that won't be the last time. Um, so let's welcome the rest of the crew. Blocksmith, how's it going? Good. Very good. Ryan? Um, two beers in. <laughs> two beers? That's better, because last time we tried not to drink, and you know how that turned out. Really? A
3: little stiff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we should be uh, better lubricated this time. <laughs> yes. Um, where did you guys watch the game? I went to the uh,
4: Heart and Crown, the uh, Fury Watch Party. Oh yeah, that's very corporate of you. So how did that go? Uh It was good and bad. Uh Heart and Crown was great. The food is great, the service is great. Great Paul. The view This message is sponsored by the Heart... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh the view, I uh, had the screen wasn't very really good. It was kind of disappointing cuz I I arrived an hour and a half early, and I was probably one of the first people there, and we were kind of stuffed in a corner. And, uh, yeah. I missed a lot of the game. So what was the crowd like? Uh, there a few fans. It was mostly the corporate guys. They had most of the tables reserved in front of the screen. And uh, were any of the supporters there? Uh, there were a few. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't rowdy. There wasn't a lot of reactions when, uh, the goals are scored or good plays. Or
0: and would you say like the majority of the pub were people there for another reason or was the majority... There's a lot of socializing. Game? Okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think half the people were actually paying attention to the game.
0: And now, uh, Ryan, where did you see the game? Well, I didn't actually
3: see the game. I was uh, I had a commitment. I had a, a gig to attend and uh, I was hoping to see it later on NESL Live, but it's still not up so hopefully I'll see the game um, I also heard there was a group at the Black Irish, the Bightown Boys were doing their their thing there and that looked like it went well and yeah
0: yeah. and I went to the uh, viewing event of the Stony Monday Riot and uh, everything went great there, the setup was good but of course we also had the NESL live issues with no announcers for the first 70 minutes or so and several sound issues and just a generally poor looking stream and just Poor production value but i guess we can get should we get into that right now or should we discuss that at a later point i like we may as well talk about that first so um we got a we received a, qu- a question from twitter actually where someone asked us if uh we think that um it, it would be worth it to invest into the nasl live stream and that was at ryan petrinka
3: yeah i i, I bought it i didn't do the trial. I kind of regretted it this morning, trying to watch the Fury. But um, I watched the Minnesota game, and it looked like an MLS broadcast. Like it was a TV station broadcast. Yeah, it was it w- good.
0: It was certainly full stadium, and it, it definitely could have been an MLS game. It was a stark contrast to the, the Strikers game. And I've seen Cosmos games last
3: year where the quality is, is just like watching uh, Seattle Sounders feed on, on their local station. So
4: yeah. how, how was the feed in the in the hard chrome. It was okay from what I saw. I could recognize it was just hard to pick out players the no commentary. I believe later on they put the radio broadcast on over it, but it was way ahead of the stream, so it was really confusing. So I mean
0: Chris Hoffley spoke about this for a little bit as well, saying that you know, it was the first ever game using the new providers and they're still sort of trying to figure things out and getting rid of certain bugs and so on. So we really think 30 bucks is not that much money for the entire season. That's like the payment plan I signed up for and like if you want the league to succeed, you probably should
4: invest the $30 and I, it can only get better. That's the good news. I mean, you want to you want to be able to follow your team away and if no one else is providing it, then you have to subscribe to the one subscription service that is providing it. I mean, of course, it might, I'd like to, for it to be better, but to uh, follow your team around, I think it's a, a good investment. For sure.
0: Um, so, yeah, we pretty much um, discussed the game qu- quite a bit already With uh, when, we, when we were speaking to Chris Hoffley. What were
4: your thoughts about the game, Blocksmith? Uh, uh, disappointing result, but I don't think uh, the effort was very disappointing. I think they got kind of unlucky... Maybe they played a little lazy on the first goal, but they showed uh, they showed flashes. I think Peterson had that shot uh, early in the first half, and they definitely had their chances. And I think uh, I think uh, was it what we should expect from a new team, a young new team at that.
0: Yeah, I mean, just looking at the statistics, I, I mean, they had uh, more than double the amount of attacks. They had uh, more corners and. Uh, just the only thing that happened was we didn't score and they had two chances and they, they scored and they were just much more efficient, uh, certainly much more than we were. But I'm quite optimistic and um, also uh, when we look at the possession, it was certainly Ottawa who was circulating the the ball around and the uh, Fort Lauderdale strikers were playing a pretty physical game and um, they were probably winning more 50-50s than we were. Um, but overall, we look pretty good. I'm I'm actually quite happy with how we played, and it's good to see that they they can compete. And after the game, uh, Mark Desantis was saying that he thinks the result is funny, right? Did you hear that? No, though? I did not
4: see that interview.
0: Yeah, yeah, on the NHL live stream, he was interviewed, and he was just saying like to him, it's funny, like the that the Ottawa Fury certainly played a lot better than than the score reflects. And I mean,
4: Chris Hoffley also. Uh, had that same view in the game. Yeah, I think uh, I think Ottawa had a, a trouble uh, adapting to the pressure Fort Lauderdale was putting on them early, not giving a lot of time on the ball. And I think I think you have to go back to uh, their uh, preseason schedule where they didn't play a lot of uh, top teams, and a lot of teams kind of just let them play around with it. And uh, Fort Lauderdale was not having any of that, and I think it kind of unbalanced them a bit in, a, in the early part of the game. So the stadium
0: didn't look very full i mean to be frank it looked quite empty but then later on i read that there were about three thousand people certainly from the camera angle that we saw it it didn't look like it were that many people but we only saw that one angle so maybe all the people were behind that camera that's my guess Uh, is there anything else we should discuss about the feed or the game itself the cheerleaders Yes. They were interesting. Yes, there were five cheerleaders, and um, they're probably trying out and hoping to be at the Miami Heat one day or at the (laughs) Dolphins, and we wish them the best of luck in their
3: endeavors. Yeah, a lot of interesting comments online about how bizarre the halftime show was Yeah, in San Antonio. I I was checking my feed all night.
0: (laughs) Now, you are a seasoned NSL uh, watcher. Do they generally have any preview shows, but because... Uh, there's there's
3: a weekly like recap show that will be on the website every week and it looks like they're going to continue doing that this year so they'll run down all the scores and they'll show highlights Um, but it's not like mls where they have all these dedicated shows and weekly podcasts made by the league and all this it's it's uh just the video highlight show is what you're gonna see
0: all right so we'll be right back after this bit of music come back Mm -hmm. to ours is the fury Um, what came out last week was that there is a new division three league in ontario the league one Um, i read some of the articles that were uh, shared in the soccer community and like from an ottawa perspective the first thing i noticed of course was no team from ottawa no team from the national capital region the closest one would probably be the kingston team which are called Oh, I have no idea what they're called.
3: But you can go to the LeagueOneOntario.com website and check out all 10 teams that are there. Uh, the closest one to Ottawa is Kingston. Um, if you really want to see Division Three soccer, which is great for development, it's, it's interesting to watch, see the players coming up. Um, we actually do have a team in the region, uh, uh, FC Gatineau play in the Premier League of Quebec, which is a six-team league. Uh, the Ontario League is a 10-team Team league, So hopefully in the future, they've hinted that they will play each other in some way or another.
0: Well, this is certainly a good announcement, though, for uh, soccer development in this country. And, you know, it would be really awesome to see these different teams in the
4: Voyagers Cup uh, eventually. It's a bit disappointing that uh, there's no teams in the auto area. They all seem to be uh, around the Toronto area. And, uh, yeah, when the league uh, improves and uh, does well, it would be nice to see them come uh, come east
3: yeah it makes sense right have the teams close together keep costs low, develop the players and then as the league gets stronger spread out more like you're not going to see Thunder Bay play Ottawa the first season like it just doesn't make
0: sense yeah the only team that's really highly disadvantaged by this will be Kingston because, Kingston, because for all their away matches they will have to travel all the way to Toronto while like, the Toronto teams only have to make the trip to Kingston you know infrequently
3: and Windsor, Windsor Stars, long-time program there.
0: Yeah, but Windsor isn't that far from Toronto, is no,
3: it? No, not really, no. Yeah. So, yeah, League One Ontario, though, it, it'll be interesting. We're going to keep our eye on it, and uh, we hope it develops into a great league.
0: For sure. So let's look. have a look at the, some of the other results from the NASL from the weekend. Um, tonight, uh, the New York Cosmos are going to play against the uh, Atlanta Silverbacks. So at the time of the recording, this game hasn't occurred yet. So we can only talk about the Saturday games. So uh, a little bit later, when we have Wes on the phone, we'll talk about the San Antonio uh, versus Minnesota game. Um, Of course, the other Canadian side that played yesterday was FC Edmonton, who drew their game against the Tampa Bay Rowdies 1-1.
3: Yeah, and uh, Indy 11, they did their first uh, match. They drew uh, Carolina Railhawks. Carolina is a very strong team in uh, NASL. They've always had a good program. Uh, they tied, And, of course, we know that Ottawa lost away to Fort Lauderdale 2-0. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to Wes about the Minnesota-San uh, Antonio game. And we're going to do this right now. Wes uh, is from the Do Nord podcast show. I highly suggest you check it out. Uh, they, they cover a lot of NESL. They do uh, Americans Abroad. Uh, they do the Tottenham Minute, which is very interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's a good place to get MLS and ASL news. So uh, here's Wes. How's it going, Wes? It's
2: going really well. Thanks for having me.
3: So uh, I just want to ask you a few questions uh, regarding last night's game. Um, How was it?
2: Um, It was three points and uh, uh, good entertainment if uh, you weren't looking for, like, proper – Soccer of passing the ball well, but um, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, we I think we're pretty happy with uh, the fact that we played kind of poorly, but but the team still came away with uh, with a win.
3: Uh, we most of us saw the game up here because it's one of only two games that are available on the website right now on NESL Live, and uh, okay. um, the the Ottawa game is not available right now. Neither is the Indy Eleven game, <laughs> <laughs> which. Kind of Imagine that. Okay. big failure. But um, uh, we I actually thought Minnesota looked quite good. That goal, the first goal, was amazing.
2: Yeah, that, that kid, um, I guess he's a kid, uh, Christian Ramirez, um, was a little bit of an unknown for us. And, uh, you know, with, with the Pablo Campos news of Pablo, um, our uh, main striker, going out injured during preseason, uh we, we basically had ha, have a lot of a lot riding on Christian Ramirez who played last year for Charlotte Eagles but none of us really know what he can do um and that that goal certainly was it was pretty he um he took it on his chest and, and turned this defender and, and slotted it in so it was a it was a big relief for us because we've seen uh, um young and promising strikers come in before who uh you know can't find the net uh the entire season
3: yeah, it was it was a good it's good result uh for those listening. Uh, it was 2-0 for uh, Minnesota United FC over San Antonio. Uh there's a bit yeah. of a rivalry there too, which the league seems to be
2: hyping. Well, that's that's, yeah, that's what at least um, San Antonio tells us. Um <laughs> essentially it's kind of one of those weird rivalries where um uh you know, they think there's something to it, but it's really just a matter of they always have players who melt down against us. Uh 2 years ago, um when uh, Minnesota Stars at the time were in the playoffs against San Antonio. San Antonio were winning, and uh, it looked like our playoff dreams were over. And then Pablo Campos, who at the time was uh, was the villain for uh, San Antonio, headbutted our captain, Kyle Altman, got a red card, and that uh, immediately turned the game into our favor. And then we won and went to the finals. Uh, and then we signed Pablo Campos and then next year, uh, last season, um, at the end of the game, Pablo and their, uh, captain of, of San Antonio, Kevin Harms had some words and, uh, Kevin, uh, I mean, it's essentially, I don't know if this is a family, uh, podcast, but he, he was a dick punch. He, he, he punched, uh, Pablo right in the dick and then, uh, eventually punched one of our trainers in the face and, uh, then he was sent off. So last night, going into this, that was our rivalry. And last night, uh, once again, San Antonio had a meltdown, and they, early uh, half, you know, kicked kicked one of our players, Tiago. Uh, Julius James, their player, kicked our, our player Tiago after a high boot from Tiago. Yeah.
3: So. And that was early in the in the first half, too, right? So.
2: Yeah, came, about they, the 25th minute, I think it, yeah. it. um And it certainly changed things for the better for Scorpions, who apparently play better with 10 players than with 11.
3: So when San Antonio scores, do they play German glam
2: metal? I, I, no, they don't. Um, they should. They one should. of the amazing things about them is that they don't seem to have a, a like a humorous embrace of the potential of Scorpions. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it, it's something that... Uh, for us, in the Dark Clouds, we kind of embrace all these uh, ridiculous, stupid things about ourselves. And, and uh, I mean, if, if our team was Scorpions, you can be sure as hell, we'd be singing Winds of Change every game. That's, <laughs>
3: For sure. That'd be the perfect that's,
2: song. That's not their style.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of the Dark Clouds, we wanted to ask you um, about the Dark Clouds and the Red Loons and how they started and the relationship with the club. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so, Dark Clouds have been around. I'm thinking since 2005. It might be a bit earlier than that. Um, it was a bit. It was before I moved back to Minnesota. So, I. I um, but they started as supporters for the old club. About three removed, um, the Minnesota Thunder. Hence, the Dark Clouds. Um, and really, it was just a bunch of people who kind of loosely got together. And it wasn't much of a supporters culture, but they kind of, like, got together and did made songs and things like that. And then with the, um, like, existential threat to soccer in, in Minnesota a few years ago, when we didn't have an owner, um, that kind of ended up gelling, and, and the dark clouds became much more of a, um, a serious supporters group that had, you know, elaborate, uh, bizarre TIFO and uh, did a lot more charity work since the beginning they've been doing charity work but but uh, so now you know it's kind of one of these really um, I think unique supporters cultures where you know most of the songs that we sing we kind of develop on our own we're trying to like not reuse the the generic songs that every other supporters group uses Uh um and then Red Looms are a just kind of a, a smaller faction that is much less organized and is really just people who are dark clouds. But uh, I wanted to start a uh, I wanted to start the first Marxist soccer supporters group in North America and so I think I'm the first one. But if not, I don't care. Yeah, so yeah. So our, our might, motto is, is soccer to. beer labor. So that's yes. it. Yes.
3: Great T shirts, by the way.
2: That's <laughs> <beer labor. laughs> yeah, that really is really it's what people like the T shirts. I think it's just about it.
3: So yeah. yeah. When we started the Stony Monday riot, we uh, we we recognized the Red Loons right away, and we we saw saw some brothers with uh, similar ideals. So it was nice to see that we're not alone in uh, North America.
2: Yeah, solidarity,
3: man. Yes. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, so moving along, I just want to ask you: uh, What's your expectations for uh, Minnesota United FC this year? Where do you see them placing in the NASL with the strange season? Yeah.
2: I I expect a, a decent playoff run of some sort, and uh, I'm the kind of uh, depressed type of soccer fan where I, I would never expect a championship, but I only uh, want to be able to hope for one. Um, I think that they uh, they have a lot of potential and they also need to actually live up to the potential. Last year was, was pretty disappointing for a lot of us. And uh, I think for the team as well. And and, uh, so I think we want to see the team deliver on that potential and and play some attractive football. They used to basically play 30 minutes and dominate possession and look amazing, fail the score, give up a goal in the counterattack, and then just completely fall apart from there. So that that used to be the M.O. of of last season. Nice.
3: And uh, so what – What have you heard or what do you expect of um, Ottawa Fury? Like, what's the word out in St. Paul right now about this new expansion team?
2: You guys are a fantastic unknown because everyone wants to talk about Indy 11, Um, or at least they want to talk about Indy 11 off the field. On the field, Indy 11 seem to be uh, put together on the cheap, and I don't have much expectation from them, but Fury... Um, you know, we know, uh, Dos Santos, your, your coach. We've seen him when he was with Montreal Impact. And, um, and a lot of these players are international players that you guys have brought in. And so, my expectation is that spring will be really tough. I think that these nine games, um, both the two expansion teams will will really struggle. But, you know, that's the nice thing about the idiotic schedule where it's, oh, the spring season only nine games. You, you can use it as a, uh, a chance to gel, and then in the fall you can probably be better. But, you know, I, I have no idea. If it, during Dos Santos' time at, at Montreal, um, there were lots of meltdown red cards, so I'm expecting some great uh, meltdowns. You guys can maybe uh, give San Antonio a run for its <laughs> money.
3: Yeah, we got a couple players with some tempers, yeah. Yeah, we, we'll get a few cards for sure. Yeah, um, That's the hope. <laughs> so back to Minnesota. Uh, with a win away last night in San Antonio, um, will Minnesota be the team to beat the spring season? Because um, And will they get all three points in Ottawa next weekend?
2: Um, I think, uh, I think the, the schedule has been... First of all, I don't want them to win the spring season. I'm really hoping they come second because... As we saw last season with Atlanta, once they won the spring, the fall was disastrous for them. So I, I'm kind of hoping that the cosmos win it and then they can fall apart in the fall. But um, I think the our spring schedule has been really good for us. Uh, San Antonio away is a tough game, and we won that by the skin of our teeth. Um, no, but know. the next three games for us are Ottawa, Indy, and um, Edmonton. Oh, wow. And uh, I think. I think Ottawa and Indy I think those two, these two teams are, are going to take a while to really gel and really get going and um and so I think it will certainly be tough uh, since Ottawa you guys have your first home game it won't be easy but I think that, that there's a potential to go to Ottawa and get uh 3 points or at least one point um and then Indy coming here it'll be our home opener and I'm hoping that that. Will, I'm hoping from these first four games that we can have um, maybe even ten points. But wow. that's. I mean, That'd be very good. Yeah. Getting way too. Getting way too cocky, and it'll never. It won't happen. We'll we'll fall apart against the easiest team, I'm sure. But but uh, it, the beginning of the schedule looks good for us,
3: at least. Yeah, your first home match is at the end of the month.
2: Yeah, April twenty-six.
3: April 26th So is that an issue uh, To have What's three road games Then a home game
2: uh, I think actually So I think wait, um I think we have Two home games Then a Two road games And then a home I think our Right Yeah. I'm not sure actually um, Wait next weekend We're away For the second week And then the third week Is, is when we're home um, it, You know it, It's just kind of The nature of the beast I think Minnesota Will always be away um uh, Away from home uh, in early early parts of the season, I think it's been a little bit tougher on some teams who have to travel who have more away games yeah. and also who uh, you know we've got several points where we have back to back away games. Um, are you guys other teams that's... like yeah the cosmos don't have back to back away games uh, yeah. so that that I think makes it a
3: little bit easier for them. Yeah, the league seems to favor the cosmos we've noticed already. And a few uh-huh. things. But um are you guys doing the five home games or the four home games in the nine games spring season?
2: We get the, the four home games, so oh. we, we get um, screwed.
3: Yeah. But you have
2: oh, Well actually we played better away from home last year than we did at home, so I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's secretly working in our favor.
3: Right, and two two expansion teams too and in, in those away games. Yeah. It's nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, just a couple more questions. We will not want to keep you too long. Um, we want to. We're we're new to the NASL here in Ottawa. Um, mm-hmm. Even seasoned MLS fans aren't very familiar with it. Uh, we're just yeah. wondering if you can explain, like, how the NASL has improved since the launch of the NASL. The NASL, yeah. 2.0. Well, it's, I mean,
2: four years in, I think it was kind of a little bit of a chaotic start, um, but. Uh, the, it's only gotten better. Um, in the beginning, I think half of the league was owned by Traffic Sports, um, the Brazilian, uh, you know, mega agency, who still own parts of Carolina and own Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Um, and and now we've got. New, stable ownerships. Uh, I think San Antonio has been great. Our new owners in Minnesota are, are amazing. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know as much about, uh, I'll be curious, maybe you guys can talk about it on your podcast. There's another point, more about your owners. Um, Indy 11 seems like uh, pretty stable, but cheap owners, but they're there. Um, you know, these new ownership groups are wildly better. Than, than what we had before, and that that speaks to a lot of health of the league. And then having uh, just a game on ESPN3 is a, is a big deal. So I think that the NHL is still going through very large growing pains, um, but I'm more encouraged uh, now than I was a year ago and, and two years ago.
3: Okay, nice. Yeah, I've been following for a couple of years. I've noticed the quality of play is better and and last night's game looked looked uh, Minnesota United FC game the quality was actually very good unlike the uh, Ottawa stream which was um, frankly unwatchable uh,
2: oh no yeah I, I have not uh, once they put up uh, that stuff I'm going to try to go through it myself but yeah that can be pretty depressing watch getting together with people and watching and, and it being just you know uh, ice age quality uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, streaming yeah
3: yeah so, yeah, um, just wanted to thank you for joining us today. Was, yeah, thanks. And it was good to have you on. Um, where can people find you online or listen to your podcast and Twitter and whatnot? Yeah,
2: um, so the, the Dino Football Show is done weekly, and, and you can find that on Stitcher and iTunes and all those various things. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter at F C that's what I originally wanted the team. I was hoping that someday they would create a team called the Minnesota Nice, but uh, nice. Uh, no one apparently thought it was as interesting as me, so I just made it my Twitter handle.
3: That's, that's good. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, and uh, hopefully we can talk next time we play.
2: Yeah. Well, best of luck, best of luck in the season. Hopefully it goes better than, uh, than last night for you.
3: For sure. Thanks so much. All right. Take
2: care. It
3: was great to have Wes on, Wes Burdine, from uh, the Do Nord podcast. Brings us to this weekend. We're playing uh, Minnesota United FC, Uh, a team I think is one of the best teams in the NASL. I think they're underrated. I saw them play earlier today, watched the rebroadcast of their game last night. Very strong team. Um, What do you think we should expect from Minnesota and Ottawa coming into this weekend?
4: I think it should be an exciting game. I think uh, Minnesota looks really strong. I thought uh, going into the year, uh, San Antonio was going to be one of the top teams, and they uh, seemed to beat them handily. Um, It depends uh, how the the club uh, reacts to a home crowd. It'll be their first game there, and uh, maybe the conditions might not be so great, but I think uh, it'll be an exciting game.
0: Yeah, and of course for us, it's incredibly exciting. I mean, the supporters will be there, the season ticket holders will be there, everybody who has heard about this team and has any interest will be there, so hopefully we'll have a sellout.
3: Yeah, it should be good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, A thing about our schedule is there's a lot of games on one block. Like We have uh, Minnesota this weekend, and then uh, the Voyagers Cup Wednesday against Edmonton, and then another game like the next saturday so all, a lot of all our home season. games so. yeah a lot of home games we have five home games four road games uh they seem to be all squished together so we'll, it's very important uh the like right we're right in it right off the start so
4: yeah so, we essentially play half of our home games in a week yeah for the spring season
3: yay spring season NESL. <laughs>
0: yeah and we're gonna have football lines uh, at the uh, carlton university stadium if i'm uh, informed correctly yeah you found that out today eh? yeah yeah
3: <laughs> you weren't too happy about that no. yeah for the first five so listeners from other nesl markets um it's only the first five home games we're gonna have uh football lines and then we're moving into our beautiful new stadium and we're gonna have a setup similar to seattle where we share i think we covered this in the first podcast and uh so the football lines will be gone after the first five home games. So don't worry. It's not an Edmonton situation. And Edmonton's also getting rid of their football lines this year. So that's going to be yeah. great. So uh, this Saturday, we're playing our first home game. Yep. Minnesota United FC against Ottawa Fury FC. The Battle of the FCs. The 6-1-2 versus the 6-1-3. Who has the best area code? Uh, the game's at 3 p.m. April 19th. Uh, Saturday. This Saturday uh plan ahead like i i think everyone's gonna jump on the seven or the o train or try to park at the parking lot five minutes before the game don't be that person uh they said it's gonna be a sellout so
4: yeah there's gonna be a lot of people there and
0: get your tickets when you were first saying like 613 versus 612 i thought you were talking about formations and that definitely would have gotten (laughs) interesting if that's the formation they're playing with those are the area codes,
3: but I think they should. Maybe someone should call it the Santos. And...
0: Yeah, it's basically a 4 3 3. It's just, uh, you <laughs> know, <laughs> rearranging the midfield and the defensive line a little bit.
3: Yeah, it'd be interesting.
0: Um, so uh, we had a listener question this week. Uh, it was What were your expectations of the Fury, and did they impress or disappoint? And Namu Yun of the Bytown Boys, uh, his Twitter handle is at bb. SC underscore soul bro said.
3: Soul like the city, not soul like the soul.
0: Yes. Just making sure if you want to follow him. <laughs> he said, my expectations were that they would gel well and that they would look fine playing in the, uh, versus an NASL team. Unfortunately, they didn't leave with the points, but they did meet my expectations. Um, we ended with more possession and had a lot of chances. But I can't recall very clear chances for them to tie it up. Um, And then he actually asked the question himself, what can Ottawa Fury do differently next week? In my point of view, something that they could do differently would be
4: to score some goals. That would be a start. I think uh, being a little more patient, uh, passing the ball, just know your strengths, just play your game. I think they got off their game a little bit. I think they just have to play their game, and they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, especially in the final third. Uh, I mean, everything was, go- was going well. Uh, distributing the game from the back was going fine, but like the final ball was off a lot, so I hope they work on that in training and uh, they can do a lot better uh, this Saturday.
3: I'm excited. This is, this is it. It's finally coming. It's a uh, pro team home game.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been like footy nerding it for like a year and a half without an actual team. So it'll be uh, great to finally see them play at home and, uh, you know, for everyone in the city to see, the, see our pro team. And as always, if you want to get in touch with ours is the Fury, our Twitter handle is at Ottawa Fury. And you can certainly find us on the Red Nation Online main website. And uh, I would say, uh, unless anyone else has something to add, Blocksmith?
4: No, just wish you all guys uh, a happy Easter. Yeah, enjoy the holiday. Hope to see you down at the game, and it's going to be great. Yeah, let's have a good time. See you next week.
0: for a podcast done by a bunch of fluffy fan writers.